You're listening to Shine On, a podcast presented by Solar Power Europe, the European Association for Solar Power. Join us as we shine a light on the latest developments in the solar sector. Hello and welcome to Shine On, a podcast presented by Solar Power Europe. I'm your host, Lucas Clark Memler, and in our new series, 100% Renewable Europe, I will talk with key figures representing different sectors of the energy transition about what is needed to reach a 100% renewables-based energy system in Europe before 2050. In this episode, I have the great pleasure of talking with Christian Ruby, Secretary General of Euroelectric, the Union of Europe's Electricity Industry. So welcome, Christian. Thank you very much. Why don't you start with you telling us a little bit about yourself and about the mission of Euroelectric? My name is Christian, and I'm the Secretary General of, of Euroelectric. Euroelectric is the trade body of the European electricity industry. We represent the big utilities in Europe, along with the broader ecosystem of the electricity industry. The electricity industry in Europe is around 600 billion euros of turnover every year, and it's around 3,500 companies covering everything from generation to distribution and suppliers of electricity. Excellent. And what, in your perspective, again, would be the main benefits of a 100% renewable-based energy system in Europe? Well, I think that a 100% renewable energy system in Europe would come with some of the benefits that your electric also fights for. We are focused mainly, above all, on carbon neutrality. What we believe is the biggest challenge that we're facing as a society is really the climate challenge. Therefore, we say what needs to come first is net zero emissions. That's what we fight for. We also see that as part of that, it's almost inevitable that renewables will play a key role, whether it's 100% as your study explores or closer to some 85, 83% as our recent study has shown. That matters less to us. What matters is that we actually get there, that the system will need to see significant change and that we need to do this I would say, well before mid-century, especially for the power sector. Absolutely. And speaking of that significant change, one of the key findings of our study is that a shift towards this high level of electrification will be one of the fundamental means of achieving our targets. And in one of our most ambitious scenarios, the electrification share will reach up to 86% by 2050, uh, which is obviously a big increase. So I'm wondering what the sector needs to do today to prepare for this huge rise in electrification. Yeah, I think that was one of the, the very interesting points in your study, which, which basically was, if you want to go 100% renewable, if you want to speed up very significantly, there's no way around massive electrification. I think that ties in very well with pretty much every single study we've seen in this space for the last few years. And what would that take from the sector? I think it takes quite a bit from our sector, but it takes a lot and perhaps even more from the end use sectors, from the building sector, from the transport sector and from the industrial sectors. Looking at the power sector first, it's very clear that we need to change many things. First of all, we need to work differently with our customers. We need to engage in uncharted territory, essentially. We need to engage on a new set of services to our customers. We need to operate the system differently. And I also believe that utilities need to invest differently. We're already, let's say, catching that trend. But in the coming years, it's about scaling up investments significantly with a view to, to really getting the pace right. So we have a number of challenges on our side. 
on the end use side of things, they have equal amounts of challenges. Some are about deployment of new technologies. If you look at the transport sector, we need to roll out a huge charging point infrastructure so that we can get all our electric cars charged. We need to build different types of buildings with solar panels on top of them, on the sides of them, with different types of insulation that make them more able to run on electric heating systems. And in the industrial sectors, we need to frankly come up with new technologies and new production methods, whether it's CO2-free steel or new types of chemicals, new types of processes for producing fuels and so on and so forth. So we have a whole range of very significant changes in store to reach those ambitious targets. I think it can be done. And I'm very happy that, that the entire electricity industry is also very committed to really pursuing that direction in a very focused and targeted manner. Well, that's good to hear from the electricity industry. Speaking on that idea of working together, one of the other features that emerged from our study is this, this idea of sectoral integration and how important that would be to reach this 100% renewable target. I'm wondering from your perspective, is there anything that the European energy system can do today to enhance this level of sectoral integration? And just sort of in general, how can the sectors work better together? Well, I think this entails a number of different aspects. First of all, we need to have this joint vision of doing things in a very different way than they're done today, heating our buildings in a different way, having different types of cars on the roads, and also having different industrial processes, as I mentioned. And, and that requires the end use sectors to reach out and connect more with the electricity industry. And it requires us to, to basically de develop a whole set of, of, of new services and features. You can take one example, which is subject to a lot of political hype right now, which is the hydrogen. Well, today we have less than 1% hydrogen in the energy mix and energy consumption. Many of the studies and scenarios we're looking at today will foresee a significant upscaling of this. That requires us to think about how can we produce this hydrogen in a sustainable way? How can we transport it? How can we label it? And where can we use it in a way where it is cost-effective and also energy efficient because we know that hydrogen comes with a lot of conversion losses and therefore it's expensive. So where are the abatement costs or the climate costs so high that this type of energy can be relevant? That is one of the questions we have to ask ourselves. Definitely. And as you already mentioned, uh, solar and electricity work well together and will be important to achieving this target. And I'm wondering in this regard, because of the fact that you know, solar PV is projected to be this dominant source of electricity generation before 2050, our study is showing that it could reach shares up to 8.8 .8 terawatts, or around 63%. I'm wondering then if you could talk in general about the relationship between the electricity and solar industries, and again, if there's anything we can be done today to optimize this relationship. Well, I think that the solar industry indeed will change a lot over the coming decades in the sense that it will really become one of three or four mainstream technologies in the power sector. Today, it's growing very fast, but it's still, let's say, a, a somewhat smaller technology compared to, to the others when it comes to, to the actual production. I think that's going to change in future, but it's also going to change in the sense that this is a technology that's going to be close to people. We're used to having these centralized power plants that produce very significant share of our electricity today. With solar, we're going to be closer to citizens and it's going to be 
very normal for people to have solar panels on their roofs or in their gardens. Essentially, we need to think of, of solar as something as normal as a fridge some 10 years from now. And I think that the other big tendency we're going to see is solar plants, I would call them. So gigawatt installations of solar, whether we reach exactly those levels that, that you explore in your study or whether they'll be somewhat lower, it's difficult to say at this point. I would tend to say probably uh, the share will be somewhat lower. Nevertheless, this industry will see a massive growth over the coming decades. And therefore, the relation between the solar panel manufacturers and the utility industry will gradually become closer, I believe. And, and one of the key issues we need to work together on is the issue of integration, because with more decentralized resources, more decentralized production, the issue of, of integration into the system will become very, very important. And, and here's a point where we need to work together to understand how can, let's say, the solar industry help the utilities become good at integrating larger shares of renewables and how can the utility industry also improve definitely again that idea of working together is such an important part of this project let's change topics a little bit in terms of direction let's talk about grid infrastructure high electrification and a huge electricity demand growth imply a massive rollout of grid infrastructure so what do you think needs to be done both at transmission and distribution level in terms of our grid upgrades to enable this level of electrification? Well, we, we've had a first look at this, and it, it's very clear that we have to invest in reinforcement of grids in order to create this more electrified world that, that makes us able to deliver on the Paris Agreement. Exactly how much is something that we're actually studying right now in your electric. We've kicked off a major study that basically investigates the investments need across the distribution grids in Europe over the coming decade. We know that a whole range of different issues will be at play for distribution grids. We'll see some 30 million electric cars emerge on the European roads over the next decade. We will see millions of heat pumps added to the grid. We will see other new types of grid edge technologies also be part of the mix in the future. And we'll see a significant addition of solar panels and also onshore wind turbines, all of which contribute to more complex flows of electricity to a new type of system that really requires more digital optimization, more physical grid reinforcements, and perhaps also new technologies in order to make sure that all this new traffic, all this new bi-directional traffic can happen in a good and smooth way without creating too many bottlenecks. So uh, it is beyond doubt that we need to invest in our distribution system. How much is something that we're currently assessing? And of course, that will also depend, are we talking about you know, an exponential rise, for instance, solar panels, are we talking about, you know, the level uh, of grid additions, the level of capacity additions will matter here. And as you're well aware, the next decade is crucial to laying out the groundwork in order to achieve the European Green Deal's climate goals. So looking ahead to 2030, what would you like to see done before then on an EU or national level to ensure that these targets are met? Well, I think it's very important that today we are conscious about the fact that every step we take needs to be aligned with the long term. Otherwise, we're not going to make it. Look at the 
ambition level as stated in the long-term strategy of the European Commission and in our studies, we are looking at a very, very significant societal transformation where essentially every major sector in society will need to change its operations fundamentally. So for that to happen in a structured manner, in an orderly manner, we really need to make sure that we get started at the right point in time and that we take the necessary measures when they're needed. Specifically for this decade, uh, I would say critical priorities are to stay on track with emission reductions. That is looking quite all right. Stay on track with renewables build out. Stay on track also with the grid build out, which is needed and stay on track with electrification. And even if we prioritize to make electrification of passenger cars a resounding success. I think we have a huge challenge here to make sure that people get the right trust in this energy transition. It's technologies that are very close to people's hearts. People love their cars and they want to be sure that that doing this climate thing does not come at the cost of, of their convenience. And therefore, we need to show citizens that an electric car is as good or even better than a combustion engine car. And in order to do that, we need to roll out the the needed infrastructure in a timely manner so that that people feel that they can charge every time they they want to at at any point they want to. Definitely. We received many questions from attendees of our webinar on the 100% Renewable Study. So I'm wondering if you'd be open to answering one of these audience questions. Sure. Okay, that's great. Let me find one here that's uh, electricity related. Okay, here we go. Kind of a a simple question, but I think we'd all be interested in, in hearing your answer to it. So in your view, what is the most important added value of an electricity based energy system? The most important value added of an electricity based system is the ability to actually do things on time. We know that Theoretically, we can also create other types of systems and we can also base ourselves on on other types of energy carriers. But electrification and decarbonized electricity from renewables and, and other decarbonized sources is just without any shadow of doubt the most efficient, the most cost effective and the fastest way to do things. Then we'll need some other flanking technologies to get there. But decarbonization and electrification are just two sides of the same coin. There's no way around that. Definitely. No, that's uh, that's really helpful. And now on a final and perhaps a slightly lighter note, I'm wondering if you can recommend to our listeners a book or documentary or or some kind of media that sheds some light on the current energy transition or uh, the electricity sector or somewhere they can go to look for, uh, for more information. Yeah, um, I would say in general to, 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 to keep updated, it's always very helpful and insightful to read the writings of Michael Liebreich. He remains one of the, the most bright-minded people in the sector. If we're looking at, at the more sort of fundamentals, I think going back to some, some old classics is, is also a good idea. I had great value of reading Herman Scheer back in the days. I think his books now need to be read in, in light of the fact that they are several years old, but they're still very interesting, both from a philosophical and, and, and from a substantial point of view. 
And then on a personal note, I would say right now, something that's fascinating me is, is really the link between digital and electricity and, and especially the fundamental changes that are also happening in the digital space where a number of different exponential technologies are, are really proving to, to fundamentally change the game, whether it's Internet of Things, big data or uh, artificial intelligence. So I have taken great interest in reading uh, some of the thought leaders in this space, including Max Tegmark and Ray Kurzweil. So if anybody's interested in understanding what's happening when we get much more renewables and at the same time have a digital ecosystem that is fundamentally transforming, I think those would be some of the names to look into. Those are some good recommendations. I'll, I'll add them to my list as well. Well, uh, thank you, Christian, for taking the time. I've really enjoyed this interview, and I've learned a lot, and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Well, thank you. Great, and good luck with your projects for the rest of the year. Thank you very much. Solar Power Europe's report, 100% Renewable Europe, contains significant insights about how we can accelerate the energy transition. In particular, a 100% renewable energy system will require strong sectoral integration with increased electrification across all sectors. The report shows that the drive toward low-cost electrification will result in significant electricity demand growth by 2050, with renewable electricity emerging as the prime energy carrier. Read the full report and find out more about Europe's future energy system at solarpowereurope.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, shine on. Shine on.